We are jumping back into the Gospel of Mark. We're following the Gospel of Mark through this series here. And today we're in Mark chapter 10. And Mark chapter 10 says this. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. And this is the gospel of our Lord. Jesus loves kids. That's good news, right? Jesus loves kids. But he doesn't love kids for the same reasons that you love kids. I'm sure he loves kids for some of the same reasons that you love kids. But Jesus loves kids for a completely different reason that you love kids. So in our text for today, Jesus says this. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And that is a shocking statement. Not so much for us. In our culture, we really value kids. We, we, put, we do put kids on a pedestal in, all, in our culture here today. First century Palestine, they did not do that. They loved kids. They considered kids one of the best blessings you can receive from God. But kids were not on a pedestal, right? They didn't have kids' sports with like parents getting in fights in the stands over kids' sports and cheering for them like they're Olympians. And that did not happen in first century Palestine, right? They did not rearrange their entire lives and schedules around kids in first century Palestine. We do today because we idolize our kids. They're our idols, let's be honest. They didn't do it back then. We have whole television stations devoted just for kids. So the kids are entertained. That's what we do. Not so back then. They loved kids, but they didn't value. They were on a pedestal. And so for Jesus to say, if you want to receive the kingdom of God, you've got to receive it like a little kid. Shocking. Because remember, in first century Palestine, uh, you were considered an adult after your bar mitzvah, around 12, 13, maybe 14 years old. And so when Jesus says, receive the kingdom of God like a little child, he's not talking about middle school. He's not even talking about an elementary school kid. We're talking preschooler, toddler here. If you want to receive the kingdom of God and all of its vastest, bigness, largeness, you got to get small. That's what Jesus is saying. So what does it mean to receive the kingdom of God like a little child? What is Jesus actually talking about here? And theologians have put forth some theories. And one theory is this. Maybe Jesus means that we need to have or should have faith like a child. Because kids have great faith. Kids just instinctively trust. My dad told my kids that his dad, their great-grandfather, was John Wayne. <laughs> this is true. 
My dad, to this day, has a large, like a life-size cutout of John Wayne, like one of those cardboard cutout pictures, right? It's standing in the entryway of their homes. When you go to my folks' house, the first person you see is the dogs, and then you see John Wayne. And my kids would walk past and say, hi, great-grandpa. And they thought great-grandpa was John Wayne. And my dad would be like, hey, you want to watch great-grandpa? Yeah, so you put on a John Wayne movie. I'm like, dad, you, you can't do this. He goes, oh, man, I love having grandkids. They are so much fun. So that'll be on the list of things they tell their therapist about in 20 years. <laughs> Along with how their dad used them as sermon illustrations to embarrass them once a week. That'd be on the list for the therapist, too. Kids have, have great faith. So maybe this is what Jesus is talking about, right? Maybe. Maybe, though, Jesus is talking about being innocent like a little child. Because kids are they're innocent. And we grow up and we get, we get jaded and hardened. Have you ever had the experience where someone you just met was like really nice to you? Not like polite, but like very, very nice to you? And you got suspicious? <laughs> raise your hand. Oh, yeah. no, I'm really, seriously, raise your hand if you've ever had that experience. Okay? Raise your hand if you were right, like they wanted something from you. Right? I had this one guy walk up to me, he goes, you seem like a smart man. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it was Amway. Yeah. I walked away. I was a smart man. Yeah. Maybe Jesus is talking about that. To be innocent like a child. It's possible. But I don't think he is. I think the answer lies in the very next verse. Because this happens next. It says this. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him, fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a, cam to go through, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. So this guy comes up to Jesus, runs up to Jesus, falls at Jesus' feet. And Mark describes this man as wealthy. Matthew records the same incident and adds this detail. He's young. So you have this young, wealthy guy. 
And you know what? You might as well throw in the word handsome because the young, wealthy guys are always handsome, right? So you have this young, wealthy, handsome guy. And not just any young, wealthy, handsome guy. This guy is young, wealthy, handsome, and he is super, super nice. He's super, super polite. He keeps the commandments. He is spiritually excellent. This is a man you'd want your daughters to marry. And he says to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus sets up the conversation. He says, you call me good. No one's good but God. Not even you, pretty little rich boy. He doesn't take the hint. And so Jesus lists off the commandments to the rich young man, but not all the commandments. He missed one. Do not covet. Jesus skips that one. The young man says, I've kept these. I've kept them. I am spiritually pure. What, but, but he knows he's lacking something. He just doesn't know what it is. He wants to do something to fix it. And so Jesus gives him something to do that Jesus knows he can't do. Sell it all. Follow me. And twice the disciples are shocked. Shocked. They're shocked because Jesus is saying, you want to enter the kingdom of God? Be like a little kid. This guy over here, Captain America, not good enough. He's Jewish. Captain Israel, not good enough. And the disciples are shocked. If this guy's not good enough, who is good enough? Jesus points to a little kid sitting in his own poop with spit up on his shirt and says, that kid right there, that one's good enough. What is it? Why does Jesus invite us to receive him like a little child? Perhaps it's to have faith like a child, perhaps to be innocent like a child, but I don't think that's it. I think Jesus, or Mark tells us about the rich young man right after this for a purpose. You know what kids do? You know what toddlers do? Absolutely nothing. That's what they do. They do absolutely, I mean they do lots of stuff, but they don't do anything helpful or productive. They don't. Oh, sure, they might be helpful for a minute. You might get a lot of out of them. They do nothing helpful, ever. No parent in the history of parentdom has ever said anything like this. No parent has ever said, you know, after the twins were born, we had so much more time on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> Having kids was the best financial decision we have ever made. No parents ever said that. No parents ever said this. You know, after the initial gag reflex, changing diapers is actually quite fun. No parent has ever said it. Kids do nothing. They're like the pirates who don't do anything. That's what toddlers are. You know what kids, little kids are great at? Babies and toddlers? You know what they're excellent at doing? Receiving. Really good at that. Babies are great at receiving grace. 
they don't do anything to deserve to be fed or changed or cuddled or rocked to sleep. They don't do anything to deserve it. They just receive it. In fact, sometimes they demand it, don't they? <laughs> they expect it. And they receive it. Toddlers, oh man, toddlers are the best at Christmas time. If you don't have a toddler for Christmas, rent a couple. Have them to your home. They're so much fun. Because you'll get a toddler, a $50 toy, right? And the toddler will open up the toy and pull the toy out of the box and play with the $50 box and think it's awesome. And the toddler will toddle over to you, give you a hug, smile, and go back and play with your $50 box. They do. They just receive. They're loved, and they know it. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. What does Jesus want you to do? Nothing. Just receive. smile. That's it. Grace is shocking. Grace is scandalous. Did Jesus really promise eternal life to the murderer on the cross right next to him? Yep. He did it. Did Jesus really forgive that, that thief who stole from his neighbors and enabled the enemy in his country? Ah, Jesus did that too. Made him one of his disciples. His name's Matthew. Did Jesus really forgive the same people who were mocking him and torturing him and crucifying him? He gave them all. Does Jesus really forgive you? You who are not selling all of your possessions and giving to the poor. You've been, who've been wrestling with the same sin for 10 plus years. You who can do nothing to earn God's grace and love for you. Does Jesus really love and cherish and forgive and adore you? Yep. Yeah, he really does. And that's the scandal of grace. Been uh, reading uh, AA's 12 Steps. If you're not familiar with AA, it's Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and they have 12 steps of recovery. And the first couple of those steps are all about receiving grace. I don't think they would use those terms, but that's what it is. Step number one says this. We admit that we were powerless over alcohol. That a Christian would add, we would admit that we are powerless in the face of sin and in the face of death. We are absolutely, totally, and completely powerless. Step two says, we come to believe that a power greater than us can restore us to sanity. 
A Christian would modify that to say we believe that God in Christ Jesus can restore us not just to sanity, not just to functioning, but, but to life, to forgiveness, to joy, and to live the way God has promised and, and given to us to live life to the fullest eternally. Jesus gives that. And step three says this, that we've made a decision uh, to entrust our will and our lives over the care of God as we understand him. And a Christian would say that we receive God's care and grace as shown to us in Jesus Christ. We receive. That's it. The first steps in the AA are the opposite of the rich, young, probably handsome young man. You are powerless. Only Jesus can restore you. Receive from Jesus. Some of you have never heard this before. Even if you've gone to other churches all your life, you've, you've never heard this. You've heard about Jesus' love for you, but there's been strings attached. Jesus invites us to receive like a toddler. Some of you know this, and you've, you've heard it for a long time, but it's hard to get in our soul and our hearts because we, we want to earn it, right? We, we want to deserve it. We, we naturally feel a little bit of pride when we see someone else's life who's kind of a hot mess and like, oh, oh man, they're by the grace of God, go I. And you, or worse, you feel like you, you have to help that person. That person needs you, right? So I'm going to fix that person. That's even worse. We like to talk about grace. But not when we need it. When we really need it, we're going to earn it. Jesus slices through the heart of the matter and says, if you want to receive the kingdom of God, forgiveness, his presence, his joy, his security, the freedom from fear of the future, shame from the past. If you want to receive all that, this is what you need to do. Nothing. Just receive it. Get small. Because he loves you. And you know what that love is like? On a Christmas morning, someday, and if you don't know what this is like, you can volunteer in our nursery, because we need some more nursery volunteers. <laughs> that was shameless. <laughs> but you find that kid who will let you pick him or her up. It's amazing how kids will let you do that. You can hold one of them. Receive love. And know it's how God loves me. Not for what I can do, for what I've accomplished, but just for who I am. That's grace. Let's pray.
Jesus. Um, we want to be the rich young man. That's who we want to be, Lord God. Successful, looked up to, uh, everything's in order, everything's going great, admired by the community. That's who we want to be. And Lord God, um, we, we want to receive you in our lives so often on our terms. Just like the rich young man. Lord, um, thank you for loving us more than that. Thank you for loving us, not because of what we've done or accomplished, but simply because we're yours.